Hi. Happy Saturday morning. It's December the 5th, 12.53pm. I'm drinking a cup of coffee, and I have on mute a Wild in India documentary from Disney+. Plus. I'm about to write a paper on disability and animal liberation comparatively with Eastern philosophies. Geeked about that. Thought I'd start today with the story of something that happened to me recently. I was at work and a kind older woman and presumably her son or grandson came in and they've been in many times together. So I recognized them and said hi. When they were going to leave, we had an interaction uh, while checking out, and the older lady asked me if my hair color had changed. And I dyed my hair black a few months ago, and the natural color of brown is starting to come out just a little bit underneath, but I didn't think it was something that you could really uh, see. And so she asked me that, and I responded, and I said, yeah, the brown's coming back a little bit. And her son or grandson said, I think you've got him confused with someone else. I don't I don't think this is the guy who you think it is. I think it's somebody else that works here who looks similar. And then she just sort of looked at me and didn't respond to him. And I sort of sat with her for a moment. And we continued to check out. And she... Uh, she she doesn't seem to speak fluent and comfortable English. It's slightly broken, and uh, she has a an inflection to her voice. But she said, no, I, I know it's him. I know it's him. And again, her grandson and her son said, I, I don't think it is. I think, you've, I think you're a little confused. I'm not sure why he was saying that. And she said, no, he, uh, he's the only one that does this. And she put her hands together which is something that I'm something that I do when saying hello or goodbye or what have you. And I looked at her with just uh, <laughs> such a playful energy, such a grin. And her son or grandson said, "Can I can I ask why why it is that you do that?" And so I told him that in the past year or so, I've uh, gotten more interested in Eastern philosophies and greetings and sort of cultural values and treatment of others and viewpoints on other human beings. And one uh, typical greeting is that of, of bowing to someone or putting your hands together and pointing towards them. And often namaste is said. And so I was explaining to him that to me that is... Uh, an easy way in which to bow to the divinity in someone or to bow to the 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 awareness behind someone that's always there a sort of recognition of, of the love that that exists between people despite uh, the current situation that they're in and he nodded and then um, his the the older woman she said she put her hands together and she looked at me and she said, it's my Lord saying hi to your Lord. <laughs> and there wasn't much to say. 
after that. And it was very powerful. And uh, just just more evidence. <laughs> so, my guest today is Lowell Crawley. Heck of a fella. DP for Devil All the Time. Film that came out recently. Also Vox Lux. Also Crocodile. Episode from Black Mirror. So he's been around. And it was an absolute delight to spend this time with him. And he has such a playful and adventurous way of thinking and speaking. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it comes through. I hope that your Saturdays are kind. I hope that there's healing going on around you. I hope um, you're remembering to love others as they need it. And of course, loving yourself in order to do so. Christmas is coming. Hanukkah. Whatever it is that you celebrate or whether or not you celebrate at all, I wish peace, I wish calm and comfort in the oncoming days. There's a lot of strangeness, so strange in fact that I think people are tired of talking about it. <laughs> and so, like this conversation, I'm interested in being right here and sharing what I can share, when I can share it, where I can share it. Thank you. Have a good day, and here's my conversation with Lowell Crawley. Um, let's see. Okay. It's recorded. You're being recorded. Everything you say is on record. Oh, okay, understood. No, about that pedestrian you hit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me. I deny everything. <laughs> okay, I don't know if you answered my question or if you even feel like answering it. We can move on if you don't. About, but... about, about COVID times? Yeah, COVID, the election, whatever it is. Yeah, I came, I came to the U.S. Uh, from the U.K. for a for a quiet time of it and uh you know it's, it's all it all kicked off as soon as i got here but i have to say um it's the first time i've been living in the u.s and aside from aside from obvious obviously the awfulness that is covid and the awfulness that is in my opinion the current administration uh i you know i am very much delighted to be living in california they think of far far worse places to be locked down uh it's a beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful place what do you like about california i think growing up in the uk for specifically wales for 20 years and living in the uk for like 40 40 something years uh <laughs> Uh, the weather is insane. The idea you can wake up in the morning and hummingbirds are feeding from outside your window. It's like, what is this paradise? Um, and, 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 you know, luckily I'm back to work now on commercials in L.A. largely. And um, even work feels partly like one is on vacation in this in, in, you know, when you have this wonderful weather and everything, it's pretty insane. And uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously the geography, I always preferred 
uh, I think the West Coast, the East Coast, it just felt more open and laid back. Uh, oh. New York in particular just felt quite... Mm, yeah. Uh, more Personally, for me, it, it was just more anxiety-forming and, uh, you know, and a little more claustrophobic. I, lo- I really like the laid-back vibe of... Uh, and the openness of, uh, you know, of, um, of L.A. Yeah, when the, the first time I ever went to New York, I, I felt this completely unique feeling of anxiety is a good word for it, where I like my skin went flush and my head got really I was very lightheaded. It was oh, like wow. as I was rounding into Times Square. And I think I'd just never seen anywhere near that many people together at once. <laughs> and it was just too much. Yeah, it was too much for me to, pr- to process. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and also it's sort of, um, New York's not as great a departure. I don't, uh, I don't feel as, you know, from London as, mm. as the contrast between LA and London, you know, it's quite different, yeah, yeah. From, you know? So, uh, yeah. So at the moment I'm, uh, I'm loving it. Have you been to any of the other Western States like, uh, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Montana? Yeah. Uh, Yes to the first two. Um, mm. I haven't sort of been, I haven't really been north or or sort of west of Minnesota. I don't believe. Uh-huh. Um, so I haven't done the sort of, and I and I haven't been up past Seattle. Mm. So it kind of, you know, Washington is yet to be, you know, in the Dakotas and you know Wyoming. I haven't been to. So there's definitely that section. But when I was 25, I traveled around the U.S. and went. Oh to, really? Yeah. So I. I drove around with two friends like 10,000 miles in about seven weeks. So we hit a lot of the states then. No way, man. Tell me about yeah. that. Oh, it was great. I mean, we flew into New York. What was, how, did, how did that get planned? Like, how did well, that well, I was, I'll tell you what, I was actually, I just really started being a, making inroads as being a second AC. Uh-huh. And um, I was actually offered a job on a TV show and um, I turned it down because I realized this was the only opportunity I was going to get when my, when my old school friends suggested that we went away for like two months around America. Um, So, and we did it super cheaply. I I don't think it, you know, we probably did it for like a couple of thousand dollars or something like that, you know, like just like all sharing motel rooms and got got a car and drove around. I ended up, it was quite a musical trip. We ended up going to, um, because I'm, you know, I, music is sort of, if not my first love, it's kind of like, we're, it's way up there. And, um, mm. you know, we, we sort of went, managed to get into like the, the parking lot of Paisley Park and, uh, <laughs> and uh, met, you know, went to like these George Clinton gigs and. Um, wow, bro. That and uh, met Michael, met, met Mike, sort of stalked actually Michael Stipe on the, on, um, <laughs> what? Uh, in Athens, Georgia, in his hometown. He looked terrified, <laughs> but he was very gracious about it. What was that experience like? Oh, it was amazing. Like for me, he was, for me, he was like when when I was a kid. Like Green, the, their album Green, REM's album Green was like I, I used to always have like it was like my bath time when I was fourteen. I used to lie there just listening to the entirety of the album. And um, mm-hmm. so the fight, you know, so there's like these these artists that just you. You know that just are with you. You know they're, they're with you from a very early age. You know Bob Dylan was another from like ten years old, and they're just with you. And when you get to meet them, it's just uh, yeah. You hope they're you, they hope you're that you hope they're at least uh, you know uh, gracious and kind. And and he was yeah. and and uh, when I met Bob Dylan, he was a little. Uh, you met Bob. Yeah, he was certainly. Uh, <laughs> oh, you uh, met Bob. 
<laughs> certainly lives in his own world but uh it was amazing it was uh it was insane and uh i just yeah i was on cloud nine i have to say where'd you meet bob at did you run into him on the street no i i shot uh i shot an episode of black mirror that john hillcoat directed and no john wait Hill- what episode a crocodile it's called it was all in iceland um, oh man with, with andrea riseborough so. crocodile got me pissed man that was a tough episode <laughs> <laughs> With Ray. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. episode no, that now that i'm thinking about it though yeah like, oh, really you. interesting it was a, it was a, it stuff was a rough one <laughs> uh poor gerbil at the end but the um yeah so john had worked with bob before on a on a on a sh- on some shows out in um coachella way you know um uh-huh. these desert desert festivals and uh anyway so he asked me to do that and um and then we 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 spent two or three days in Dublin, doing these very very private, just a very very private show with no audience and just like in a very small stage. Oh, hardly any of us there. Um, That's bizarre. Yeah, it was amazing, and um, yeah, it was very. Oh, it was a very it was a real experience, you know. But he he you know yeah he was. He was great, just uh, just uh, but just kind of um, d- didn't give much away, you know. <laughs> I've I've been really interested in this video lately. It's of Bob recording his parts for We Are the World. Oh, I know. Look, <laughs> look petrified. That's what I'm so picturing right now. He looks like he's like. He looks like, he's, like he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know how he got there and (laughs) when he finds out when he finds the person that's responsible for him being there shit is gonna fly that's what it looks like yeah my friends and i were convinced that he was like because he wasn't sounding great (laughs) no no and and do you ever do you ever see the bit early on where he's there's there's where he's performing with them but then before that there's yeah wonder and that's uh, what i'm talking about i'm talking about the 10 minute video the yeah. 10 straight minutes of him like <laughs> with Panicking. a leather Looking jacket for- on <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> and it's no and it's like i mean it's it's <laughs> you know it's um oh it's horrible i mean it's kind of you know and he's like stevie he sounds like he's doing a parody of himself like to it's very he looks like he looks like he was booked into the studio next door and somehow got ended up yeah, yeah. The door. that's exactly what it looks like that's exactly what it looks like <laughs> there's like a three and a half hour documentary i think about him that i'm i might get to one day oh there is yeah i think i don't i don't want to just say Scor- scorsese directed it oh yeah 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 there's the rolling thunder review which was all about these these two tours he did yeah, in the seventies, yeah, yeah. um, and Scorsese directed it. It's it's very good. It's re- really good. But it's very funny as well because it's very much. It's very funny and it's very much uh, plays into the enigma of hmm. Bob Dylan without giving too much away. Maybe I'll check it out. Oh, yeah, you should. It's a re- I mean, all of Scorsese's documentaries are, are, are great, whether you like the subject or not. He's just <laughs> such a great filmmaker of documentaries as well as fiction. Speaking of like driving around in music, do you have any relationship with The Grateful Dead? 
Um, my, I grew up with my dad being a huge fan. Mm. Um, and actually, he never got to see them, but every year, me and my dad, uh, for like the past six or seven years, have gone to this festival in, um, in, in San Francisco in Golden Gate Park. Uh -huh. um, called Hardly Strictly Bluegrass that started out as a bluegrass festival and now they have lots mm -hmm. of different acts playing. So my relation to that is is finally getting my dad closer to seeing a version. <laughs> and then and then we sat through like four hours of this dark star orchestra in um uh -huh. playing at like the Fillmore that was like recreating one of these seminal Grateful Dead performances. Um so yeah, what? and I and I and I play a few of their songs on the guitar and that, but that's about that's about the limit of it right on I've, I've just recently started to catch a vibe for what they're all about and i thought about taking a look at the long strange trip yeah film on yeah I, I, I haven't seen that um my father saw it i haven't seen it but um there's also one there's also one about um one of the other one of the other members of the band might have been Bob Weir or somebody. The, uh -huh. the, um, anyway, that's, that's quite interesting. I think it's called the other one, which is basically like <laughs> the one that's not Jerry Garcia. <laughs> yeah, to give you a sense of the tone of of what the angle of the uh, documentary is. Cool. Did you do any driving on this road trip? What when I went years ago? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like half the driving. <laughs> Yeah. Any casualties? <laughs> no, I, for, I could actually. I mean, I could probably drive better than for some reason. No, I, I didn't <laughs> even get stopped. Uh, I think. I think my drive. The weird thing is, you just sort of like you know. When I first went for this driving test over here, and they were like, uh, well, I was like, I've been driving since I was seventeen, and they were like, yeah, on the wrong side of the road, and I was like, okay, <laughs> fair, good point, well argued. So. <laughs> And I think the thing is, once you pass your test, you drive like every other fucker. So you just sort of like, oh, you know, you just, uh, you know, like the idea that you pass at 17 and then still, you know, still drive sensibly at 45 or or, drive, or at least drive according to. It's very, I tell you what, it's very, very strange driving a car for so many years and then somebody just staring at you, writing shit down that you're doing wrong or right. It's like, it's, 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 I didn't take it terribly well. I, I, really wound me up i was like a, you know it's just sort of i don't know i mean you know nobody likes being judged and i think when you get to a certain certain time of your life and career and most of the time everyone's very nice to you the idea of just sort of being like barked at by someone at the dmv really sucks you know it takes, it's, it takes everything in your power not to just tell them to fuck off there's definitely a particular kind of person i think it takes to be a part of the the driving education system in the U.S. Uh, yeah, yeah, those that, that couldn't, that failed the police. I think <laughs> that's dark. That's like I the next. I, I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. But... <laughs> yeah, well, there was always just this strange, like, shadow of extreme narcissism. Oh and... yeah, yeah, and just like I, 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 I don't have much power, but for these <laughs> twenty minutes, I have all I'm the gonna, power I'm, in the world. I'm gonna absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's right. like, oh, you fuck. It's the, yeah, they're just like, and they're, they're so, the thing is, they're not rude enough to ever be able to complain about it. They're <laughs> just on the fine line of just obnoxious, where it's like, you know, <laughs> you you really resent their, their, 
their, their, their behavior towards you. But if you had to actually put it in print or verbalize it, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just a attitude. It was just a vibe. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's the whole system in general. Like, it's just weird. Like the fa- like the way that the test is done and. It's just strange. It's a really strange. Well, they 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 they're like the same sort of people that you meet going through the airport, where you're basically just cattle. But it's like this time you're one <laughs> you're one cattle in a car, one on so, one. Yeah. So did you have to like take any classes or anything, or did you just drive? No, my girl, my girlfriend was like, um, she was like, you know, you should really do do a class. I said, I'm not doing a class. I'm 45 years old. I've been driving. I said, I'm not taking driving lessons. It's like in the way that men do military. Like I, I am not asking for directions. <laughs> so like, yeah. So I didn't in the end, no. But I counted up all the strikes against me when I got home, and and I, uh-huh. I clock, clocked up eleven and fifteen and over. You failed. So I came pretty close to failing again. Wow. And the last, mean? the last time was it like, like after the pedestrian incident, you kind of looked at each other and it was like this is over. <laughs> or was it like? Well, I got a di- I got a different guy, if that's uh-huh. what you mean. But oh, you mean oh, you mean when when I when the inc- uh, yeah. you know you know when it's a twenty minute test and they get you pulling back in at eleven minutes past. You think you know after eleven minutes you kind of have a bad, you kind of have a you kind of you kind of think that's <laughs> yeah, probably probably screwed that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, have you ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm before? Oh, kidding me? Yeah, I love it. As, that sounds like uh, something that would happen. <laughs> like Larry would have to get a driver's test or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Amazing. Amazing. I just yeah, watched amazing. the Halloween episode, or one of the Halloween episodes of Curb last oh, night. Fant- oh, fantastic. You'll have to tell me what season that is. It's in uh, season two. It's episode three, and it's when like oh, amazing. two young teenage girls show up at his door, but they're not dressed in costume <laughs> and so he doesn't give them candy <laughs> don't they don't they just write shit all over his house and yeah they graffiti his house and they tp his house it's and just they... it's seriously a brilliant episode like there's yeah. and there's like four or five ongoing plot lines in that episode and they all tie right. up at the very end like just just beautifully that is amazing yeah it kind of slightly i mean it's still very enjoyable it slightly jumped the shark the later ones where it, it just gets they sometimes get so silly, like so yeah. ludicrous in their construction. Um, they're very enjoy- always very enjoyable, but so it's always I like the earlier ones that slightly had a bit more um, basis in uh, believability. Yeah, I, I, was, I was getting caught up in it last night, thinking like I I didn't realize how like incredibly formulaic this show is. Like, right. it's the same. It it's so beautifully done and it's so subtle that's why it's so funny because it's like these little things that happen that you put it in another show they're not talked about but like he put his arm around someone in like the first scene and just by a second like a a musical note like you could tell that that's going to (laughs) be yeah that's that's going to be an issue later on yeah there's a few little setups that kind of get peppered throughout and then you know early on and then yeah uh-huh. then they, they, yeah it's very clever writing how, how it links up i've actually started write, writing a script for the first time in my life which really like a covid script which is really uh, at times very frustrating 
and most of the time incredibly rewarding and the idea of just sort of using your brain in a different way to how i'm used to using it as a cinematographer is really um it's fascinating so what are you writing like what is it about without given well like it's 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 a it's a memoir basically of a of a of a woman who grew up in the 70s in canada um and she she believed she believed um throughout her she had a very strange childhood very disrupted childhood and then and at, at 23 she was told by her parents and this father figure that she had known throughout her life that um that her their entire life they'd been on the run from the mob due to her father her real father's fa- um crime connections um and that was the reason so she had all these questions about why her childhood was so odd why they kept moving house why they moved away why she couldn't tell anybody in school why when they were going on holiday she'd come home and her, and her mother was like un you know uh, emptying the fridge of food and things and then um so a lot of odd behavior and then so then she gets these answers and then ultimately she finds out years after that that the whole thing has been an invention uh, 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 by this father figure the whole thing has been a a product of a of what she can only assume it never gets fine she never finds out definitively but she can only assume is this med sort of delusional disorder that he's suffering from. Medically. Oh, I'm into that. I really, <laughs> I really, so. I appreciate like, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It feels like a commentary on like a film. Like if you didn't have that part of it, the delusional part of it, yeah, the having the delusional part of it feels like a commentary on a film that would not have it. Like something that would just follow that sort of, um like plot it's really interesting to have it be like yeah and it's sort of hit it's sometimes it's sort of hitchcockian mm-hmm. and it's kind of like in its structure and you know it's um it's also what i liked about it was just a sort of very um a very moving uh story about relationship of a family you know and a, and yeah. a sort of, and a, an incredibly disrupted family that didn't need had no need for it to be disrupted in the first place so it's pretty heartbreaking in that yeah i love that because that's gonna make the viewer have this emotion of like pointlessness where like all the trials and everything that they go through it could have been like well it's because there's this you know there's this darker crime thing that's happening in the background but the fact that that like then gets taken away i know is gonna leave a feeling of just like hollow like yeah like damn it, because then you're just gonna be like frustrated because you're, you're gonna want the feeling that you know they all they went through it for nothing. Well, I know, I know, and also it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, you have to sort of be careful that the construction isn't unrewarding, you know, or mm-hmm. unresolving for a viewer in the sense that. Yeah. yeah. Are, is this gonna be a short or a feature? Uh, a feature. Right on, man. That is so exciting. What what inspires you to start writing? I just, I, you know, I read the article a few years ago. Uh, well, but, yeah, about two years ago, and um, and so actually, it was pre-COVID when 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 we got the the rights to 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 do an adaptation of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously during COVID, it's been an opportune moment to just um, to 
to sort of uh, express myself differently, I suppose. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's fun. You know, something interesting I do and that I'm doing right now is I, I have the devil all the time playing right on, on mute as we're chatting. And it's this film in particular. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. The thing you're talking about and then I glance over and. Right. Pattinson's doing what he's doing. People are heads are being shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. um. There's some great performances in that movie. Do you want to talk about that movie at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I know you had a hand in it. <laughs> well, I did. Um, yeah. I, uh, what do you want to know? I don't know, man. I mean, tell me a bit about your process. Tell me how how involved you are in in framing, etc. Just just give it to me. Tell me whatever you feel like you sure. want to say about it. Um, and you did you did the color timing too, right? Yeah, I always I always try and do the timing. Um, I would love to hear about that as well. Okay. Yeah, it's um, you know, timing's one of those things that there have been there have there's been one movie that I can remember where I wasn't able to do the timing on. Um, it's frustrating, you know, because it's 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 one of those things. I mean, the colorist role is incredibly important, but at the same time, they haven't been there from the they haven't had the same discussions and been there from the inception mm. of the of the of 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 really solidifying a look uh and intention for the movie you know so yeah um, it's, it's always it's always a real shame if you can't make it but um technology one thing one thing that's come out of covid that's interesting is um i there's a co- there's a company like harbor and there's other post production companies that are basically now trying to do very very um, faithful uh, remote color timing, like so you can get an iPad and literally be seeing. You know, they can be they can be in a, a session in LA or, or New York, for, for example, and you can have an iPad and see the live grade. And wow. it can, you know, it can be very very faithful as opposed to going into a, a DI. What's also great about that, other than being able to color time in COVID, is that going forward often you have often when the color timing comes up you have a clash you're onto another job another movie and it becomes very difficult to try yeah. and balance those two things so it makes that a lot easier um to be able to do that and i know a lot of dps are kind of really embracing that bradford, mm. young, bradford young and people like that who have um i know have uh, have found it a great way of working so um but yeah i mean in terms of devil all time i mean uh and I met Antonio. I've met him, I met him a few years ago at, at, fest, at a festival, and we met again when I was just wrapping up Vox Lux, which was Brady Corbet's mm-hmm. film. And they're they're so now you know they're they're old friends, and so we reconnected through that. And then a couple of months later, the script came through. And then when it came through, I hadn't read the novel because it's an adaptation of a, yeah. of, a, of, a, of a novel, but um. I love the script. Um, I love the, the the sort of darker elements. I I tend to get drawn towards the more complicated, you know, co- complicated aspects of human relationships as opposed to the kind of lighter. There's not that many comedies on my resume. Put it that way, you know. And and the and the what the one that is on there is about jihadi suicide bombers, right? So it's um, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, so even even the comedies are pretty 
a, a pretty edgy, but um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I love I love the characters. I love the multi narrative aspect of it and all the different threads um, and how they came together in sort of an Altman esque kind of way. Um, I I love the sort of the time and the music of the time, which um, Randall Poster, the post production supervisor, sourced mm-hmm. incredibly well. All of that stuff, I really was drawn to um period is is a great you know a lot any period really period period um movie is a lot of fun to 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 shoot especially one that that doesn't you know there's instances that don't have a lot of natural light a lot of artificial lighting and you know so so some of the earlier scenes is candlelight there's so much outside yeah the the outside is a pig you know like trying to just trying to keep some sort of continuity of light for some of those scenes is mm-hmm. you know i didn't i have to, my my own admission i didn't always pull it off as well as i would have <laughs> hoped but um but uh it's tricky you know it's like cuz the thing is you 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 go into a scene and you might have two days one or two days to shoot it right and at mm-hmm. some point you have to commit pretty soon after you start shooting you have to commit <laughs> right or really you know like to what that weather is going to be right so you know if you're shooting all in overcast and then suddenly the sun breaks through or vice versa it's very hard to just persuade everybody to down tools I mean, you can do it if, if it's a situation where you know um there's a you know the clouds the clouds are moving quickly or you can see that it's an you know it's a slight kind of anomaly and then it's going to clear but if if it literally goes from one thing to the next, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to try and um, to try and persuade people to just not shoot for <laughs> 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour until the weather changes, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, in my experience, especially on f- films of, of a certain budget level, you know, you, you can't really you can't really you can't really do that that often you know mm-hmm. um once or twice maybe you know but it's yeah it's tricky you know it's a it's a tricky thing to try and achieve continuity over a great period of time and how's the difference in in film and digital for you um i well most of my films i think i'd have to go back and count them it's probably there's probably 10 or 11 there now but mm-hmm. um most of them I think have been on film. I'm 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 lucky enough to be able to say I, I had a really good run, and then uh, and then it got broken with an adaptation of The Secret Garden that was digital, and then we and yeah. then we went back to we went back to 35 mil. I was lucky enough to go back to 35. I'm lucky enough to be supported by the producers and Netflix actually to mm. shoot 35. Um, 35 mil was already in place i have to say when i came on board for devil all the time uh, antonio was adamant about it so i was lucky that there wasn't a battle that i had to try and win um <laughs> so uh, but i have to say as a as a, as a i i always have, i've always liked to approach a film in terms of how we're going to shoot it and what we're going to shoot it on on its own merits right so mm. i really love the work that anthony Dodmantle did and with with Lars von Trier and Thomas Winterberg in you know um, in the kind of like late nineties two thousands for Dogma you know so Fester mm. and movies like that I I 
think you have to try and keep an open mind. And if you feel like, hey, this film is going to be best served by shooting on, you know, high eight or VHS or SVHS or like, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or, or Alexa or DigiBeta or whatever it might be. Um, that's the way you approach it, you know. Um, when it comes to period films, I honestly believe that period films and certainly of this kind of period and this kind of um, period in American history, I just feel that Sadly, Lloyd really adds to that. I just feel that it's not, it's not a super, um, it's not a super super sharp, high definition look that you're trying to attain. You know, everybody, everyone's trying to get. What's that? It doesn't need it. No, it doesn't need it. And I just prefer. I'm not going to say soft. a, a, A painterly, textured palette. Um, like a case in point is that the last film I shot was a film called The Humans, um, mm. for uh, um, which was a directed by Stephen Karam, who wrote the play, and it was a Tony-winning play that he didn't direct, and then he got the opportunity. Scott Rudin and Eli Bush gave him the opportunity to direct to direct the film, so we directed that. Um, uh, sorry, I shot that for for Stephen and. Um, what we did was shot digitally, but we actually shot on a low, on a much lower resolution, um, and opted to shoot sort of like uh, mm. around 2K, and then underexposed the image and dragged it up a little bit, so we actually had some of the texture of the, of the, of the digital image. You know, you're actually bring, you're not bringing up grain, obviously, but you're bringing up noise essentially. But it gives it a texture, and for a, for that film. I just had an aversion to this incredibly clean, clinical, modern feel. Even though it's a contemporary story, I just wanted more texture. And um, yeah, so, you know, coming back to Devil All the Time, I was just, I, I personally felt that film, I agreed that film was the way to go. The choice had already been made. Um, and I also like underexposed the stock and kind of push processed it in order to get more grain in the earlier parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's my answer. I, I think there are many different ways to shoot a film, many different mediums, but I think it would be a, 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 a absolute tragic loss to filmmaking if film if if one couldn't have the opportunity to shoot celluloid when when they chose. Hmm. Mm. How? So you've read the book, yeah? I uh, no, I I read well. I read the book uh, after the process. Oh, I started it during the process of um, of shooting the film. You know. Ah, huh, yeah. I, I didn't read it beforehand. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there are many. There are sort of other. You know, it's like it's like any. It's like the one that I'm working on at the moment. It's like any book. You know, trying. There's always, there are there are all, always elements, narrative elements, and characters, and 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 different nuances and behaviors of the characters and things that unfortunately you're limited and not able to explore. So I mean, certainly the book um, felt more expansive in terms mm-hmm. of like in terms of those elements. But 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 obviously, I felt the script was a. You know, in hindsight, I feel like the script is it was a, a a very smart and intelligent distillation of the novel. Mm-hmm. 
you think it captured like the the feeling or the darkness of it? Yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah, for sure. But you know, a, a novel is just so, so great because it's your it's you know everyone has their own different version of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's never prescriptive in the same way. You know, you it's completely exists within your imagination, and uh, you know that's a joy that's a joy in of itself. It's very different to a different. Mm-hmm. A different pleasure to to watching a movie how's the narration in the book is it is there like a a similar feeling uh from what from what i remember um it was a while ago i read it and i i Mm -hmm. just become so i've watched the film so many times (laughs) so the Mm -hmm. two sort of bleed into each other from from what from what i remember yeah Mm. yeah i thought that was like a like a sort of of like a sort of on, omnipotent yeah. narration. And it, it's the author, right? Didn't the author yeah. do the narration in the film? He did, yeah. He That's did. really rad. I like that. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it wasn't... I don't I don't know how early that idea came to uh, Antonio, but yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was an inspired idea. Hmm. Cool. So how was... Um, working these days during like COVID and stuff like you said you've been doing commercials is the the work environment different or or strange in any sort of way um yeah it's for sure it's different everybody is being i mean i've 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 been shooting commercials in a short commercial in utah and um uh colorado and sorry arizona utah and california and most of them have just been in those three states um mm-hmm. every, everybody's been incredibly you know uh careful and responsible um i have to say it's very impressive um but it's it's also one of those things that you know you you can't you can't really shoot staying six feet apart you know it's just does that isn't how it works so you try to social distance where possible but it's really about being careful, you know, always wearing a mask, you know, 100% of the time. Um, yeah, just just being super careful. I think uh, I haven't shot any narrative. Mm. Uh, it's only been commercials. I think narrative is 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 a lot tougher. I think it's um, in terms of like really being, you know, working on remote heads on some productions rather than working, you know, like um, physically uh, operating the head and things like that. You know, it's sort of and and being working close to actors having shields as well as masks mm-hmm. like that you know it's it's filmmaking is hard enough as it is it sounds it you know i'm everyone has to be careful but it sounds a real drag having to having to work that way it's a shame yeah i just uh did my first film in august ever and it was really really interesting having to be like particularly cautious on our first time round Right, of course, of course. So, so you directed a short. I actually, it it was completely uh, funded independently. It was short film, twelve, fifteen minutes, I think. Our budget was like around ten or so thousand. Right. Uh, just something meager. But I did the production design, and um, I'm doing the score for it as well. It's actually like really astoundingly similar to a lot of the feelings in the devil all the time. The basic premise of it is that there's a a small family, mid-1800s, and the father is interpreting these 
uh, biblical readings and feelings and rabbit hunting experiences with God telling him to kill his family, essentially. Oh, interesting. And oh, it's, a, it's thematically similar. Yeah, I would like watching the devil all the time. I was like, whoa, especially with like Roy at the beginning where he goes to resurrect. His <laughs> wife. I was like, did we bite the devil all the time without even like realizing it? it? It definitely stands on its own, but like a lot of the colors and like I said, since I did the PD for it, like especially the church, yeah, um, like a lot of the the wardrobe and the crosses and stuff that I was right. looking at in the books. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, interesting. Well, I, when is you shot it during COVID? Yeah, we shot it in the end of August. In and that was your days. right. And that was your first film. Yep, first first thing I've ever worked on. Wow. Well, that's a that's that's a that's a hell of an experience to uh, <laughs> to do that. Uh, you know, to do that during COVID for sure. Um, yeah, it was a well, heck of a crew. What, what's what's it called? They called him God. Okay, well, listen. Do send me a link when you when you when it gets finished. I absolutely will. I think we'll we're trying to finish it up by uh, January, February. Okay, amazing. so yeah, that's good. That's great. Sounds good. Who wrote it? Uh, my my good friend. I've known him since uh, high school. He directed and wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. So why? Do, how come you production designed? Is that your? Is that your? Yeah, I've just, well, I've been doing this podcast for four years now or so. I've been in film school as well. Right. And like, the, I mean, I've, I wanted to be like an author since I was younger, so I've always written, but it just kind of became more and more apparent to me that film was where I was going to end up. And then the podcast was sort of an aims of like figuring that out. And so I've talked to editors, makeup artists, costume designers, like the whole bit. And production design just seems to be like the thing that excites me most, the the right. work that I, the things that I pay attention to the most and like doing it was just such a, such an awesome experience because there's so many little things background, like every little thing. And I think that's just what caught my eye the most. And that, that's what excites me the most about, about film, I would say. So. Fantastic. And you, 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 you spoke to my good friend, Sam Lysenko recently. Yes. Yeah, Sam was <laughs> such a delight. Sam was <laughs> such a delight. I actually, um, I just uh, texted Sam the other day about the film because oh, his, great. his his uh, discussion about his PDing was very inspirational to my thought process. Oh, so. great! Wonderful. Yeah, he's um, he's quite unique. I really, uh, I really. How'd you guys meet? We met on uh, Vox Lux. Hmm. Yeah. So he he obviously designed that, and yeah, yeah. we we met on that and uh, remained remained friends since. So. Uh, that yeah. is exciting, man. We should all have a big banquet one day. For sure, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no he's uh, he's great. He's a real he's a real pleasure. He came out to see uh, to see me and stay with me in um, in LA in January time. I think it was. So. Wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, but yeah. So, I, would, I would love to. If you're still in LA, I'd love to meet up and get some coffee or something. Yeah. Once things are chill. 